You're listening to SAS Nordic, the sassiest podcast in the Nordics. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Thomas. And we are experienced SaaS professionals that are curious about how other successful SaaS companies go to market, scale, build winning teams and great products. Join us on our journey as we speak to Nordic SaaS leaders trying to get hold of their secret sauce. Today's guest is Nora Tandberg, the CFO at Paperfly. Bottom up budgeting involve a lot of people with a proper top down review because with a better budget you'll make better decisions and that's really important at this uncertain time so welcome to a new episode of the sas nordic podcast and um, well it's the uh, last quarter of 2022 it's a lot of uncertainties um, what's going to happen next year and we will dive into that a little bit in this episode yeah definitely everybody is Uh, somewhere in their budgeting process right now and what's been top of mind for lots of people in our community in our networks in the general channels and so on is how do we plan for 2023 and a potential recession absolutely how does that affect our budget exercise so really relevant topic and we're going to have an opportunity here to dig into to one of our CFOs in the network to hear her tips on this. Absolutely. So I think this will be really interesting uh, and I'm looking forward to learn a lot and uh, let's go straight into it. Today we are joined by Nora Tandberg, the CFO at Papierfly here in the SAS Nordic podcast. So welcome Nora, nice to have you here. Thank you so much Thomas and Daniel. It's really great to have you here, Nora, and, and we've had the pleasure, obviously, to interact with you a little bit uh, in the past. You've been part of our previous events. You're part of one of our networks. So it's it's really great to have this one-to-one chat with you. And I think we have a really interesting topic ahead of us that is top of minds for everybody listening to this podcast. I dare to say that. But before we go into that, Nora, for people that may not know you and Paperflight, Tell us briefly, who are you and who is Paperfly? Absolutely. So uh, Paperfly uh, is an online SaaS platform for brand activation management. Uh, We have about 230 uh, FTEs in eight countries and our headquarters are in Oslo. Our customers are typical large enterprise customers uh, or large companies who have complex marketing needs uh, or multiple brands. So I'm CFO Paperfly. I'm responsible for proactive and strategic planning to make sure that Paperfly is focused on its growth and profitability targets and has the tools uh, and resources necessary to get there. So I've been with uh, Paperfly for uh, nearly three years now, and my background is uh, within kind of deal advisory um, and uh, financial due diligence at Big Four. Gotcha. All right. So... um You have a little bit of an accent, so could you tell us a little bit where you're from? It doesn't sound Norwegian. No. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I am actually fully 100% Norwegian, but I did grow up um, in the UK, so... uh, so that's where, yeah. So that's where my accent uh, comes from. That's why you speak a lot better English than uh, me and Daniel. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> cheating, cheating. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, I, I see. Uh, so, could you just put uh, 
Papirfly a little bit in perspective when it comes to the size. Uh, what's your ARR? How many employees and customers do you guys have? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we have about 250 million NOC in ARR, uh, about 230 FDEs in eight countries, um, and I would say about six, 700 customers. All right. Uh, and what markets do you operate in? So we're, we're global. Uh, so we operate uh, globally. Uh, our customers are both global um, and kind of local divisions of, of larger companies. Uh, we operate in all segments, all industries. All right. And I mean, you have been with the company for three years, but I know a lot have happened during those uh, three years. You have actually sold the company three times. So could you just say something briefly around that? That's right. No, absolutely. So I actually came on board. Um, the company was called Brandmaster and Brandmaster and Paperfly were, we were basically head on head competitors uh, in Norway, the two largest companies um, in our space um, in Norway. And, and we merged um, last year uh, and became one. So I came from the Brandmaster side and, and one of the first things that I did was to get uh, a good uh, new investor on board. So that was the first time I sold the company. The second time I sold the company uh, was the year later. Uh, sold it to Paperfly. Uh, so uh, so we, we became one company. And the third time I sold the company in my three years was uh, was this year. So. Uh, uh, sold the company to uh, Verdane, okay. our new private equity owner. Who are you going to sell the company to next year? Who's the next year? Well, that's... Uh... Oh, that's a good question, Tom. <laughs> I say, uh, are yeah. we going to get some sneak peeks into, into the future here? <laughs> but so, Nora, I'm, I'm curious, like, was this at all in the books? Did, did you join the business here and these, these companies, if I may call them like that? And like, there was a plan like, hey, Nora... You're going to be part of an M&A exercise here, just so you know, or it just happened. There's, I think there's a little bit of both, uh, Daniel, but I mean, I think there was a reason why the M&A experience was like high on the, um, on the agenda uh, when I was recruited. Like it was really important that they had the M&A experience. Um, as well as the kind of the solid the finance and, and accounting understanding. So I, I did have a, a suspicion uh, that that was on the agenda. I didn't, I didn't imagine that it would be uh, so much of it uh, but i knew that it was on the agenda but it's been um it's been uh, there's been there's been a lot i think it must be some kind of a, at least a, a nordic record i don't think i've heard uh, these many transactions of this size within that time frame how about the other side are you buying any companies yes uh we are buying companies uh, last month uh, we bought a company called brandpat mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we made another acquisition last year uh, uh, of a swedish uh, dam company called merryworks uh, welcomed them to the family also and um and, and we're always kind of looking at opportunities uh, to, to grow you know both with regards to to our uh geographical expansion, like acquiring geographies and customers, uh, but also uh, on the product side. Gotcha, gotcha. So I see they're keeping you busy there, like you got to keep your numbers in check and, and I guess other businesses numbers in check as well to make sure if, if they qualify or not to, to join the Paperfly family. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Um, talking about uh, growth, today's session is actually about how growth may be impacted. We're all probably preparing i don't want to put the words in your mouth here but we're all a little bit concerned if there's going to be a recession so we wanted to talk about that possible recession if it happens or not but from a cfo perspective 
what does this mean to you? How do you look at this potential risk? Yeah. And what do you guys do about it? So let's start with the high level question here. So like, Nora, do you think there's going to be a recession or not? And how is it going to affect you guys? Yeah. So there's no doubt that 2022 is marked by volatility uh, and uncertainty, rapid inflation, interest rate hikes. I mean, the Fed uh, increased uh, the interest rate for the third time in a row on Wednesday. The same is happening in Norway now. And there's a backdrop of geopolitical uncertainty, supply chain, climate change. A lot of um, a lot of these factors are contributing to volatility in the market, um, and are, are threatening to push economies into recession. So I would say there is a very definite um, possibility um, of a recession happening, and uh, and a lot of SaaS companies these days are, are worried um, about drops in their valuations. Right. So how are you responding to the external environment at uh, Paperfly? So my personal approach is to separate what I can do something about to what I can't. So. We can't control the weather. Uh, we can't control, you know, if there's going to be a traffic uh, accident. Uh, we can't control uh, when the next pandemic will be because there will be another pandemic. Um, and we definitely can't control inflation, interest rates or recessions. So what's uh, within my control? Well, within my control are uh, the outlook that I have on the events that happen and, and then my reaction to them. So if I think about the outlook first, uh, this means basically accepting and even appreciating the uncertainty that lies before us and zooming out and looking at the bigger picture, um, I realize two things. So the first thing is that this uh, turbulence is temporary. Right. We will recover from this um, in the same way that the technology sector recovered uh, from the global financial crisis in 2007, 2009, from the dot-com bubble uh, prior to that. So that's the number of one, you know, thing to remember is that we will come out of this. Um, and the second one is that there are some really strong mega trends that are driving and fueling uh, the demand for B2B SaaS. Uh, so it's cloud and digitization. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I'm curious, like you mentioned the, the geopolitical situation, interest rates and so on. But can you pinpoint besides those two? Obviously, they're big enough. But what are the external factors that affect your decision-making the most? That's a really good uh, question, Daniel. And as I sit um, on the financial side, I'm really interested uh, in what the interest rates are doing. And the interest rates are very closely linked to inflation, which is very closely linked to the supply chain difficulties, to the power crisis, the food crisis. So it's there's not one thing, um, but from my perspective, I see I see the interest rates, and I look at the interest rates, and I think about what that means for the valuation of our company, and I think about what that means uh, for our uh, loan providers and for what's happening to our, to our balance sheet, essentially. Right. Are, are you doing anything? Are you serving your customers or your prospects to see their willingness to pay in the future, their outlook for the future economy, for their businesses? Is that a part of this equation? Yes. Yeah, so what we've seen in the past is that some industries will, will struggle more than other, and that obviously impacts our sales cycle. You know, like 
we're pretty strong in the automotive sector mm -hmm. and we have some you know great uh global uh, autom uh, automotive brands on our on our customer list uh we saw a slowdown uh in some of the activity uh, due to the you know during the pandemic especially with the supply chain issues right and and, and now you know there will be other other types of industries um that will suffer uh an industry that probably uh, will not suffer is power um and and oil and gas <laughs> <laughs> and we do have those customers on our list also. All right, cool. So uh, do you see any opportunities arising from the current environment? And, and how do you position yourself to take advantage of these as, um, at Papirfly? Yeah, I would say that companies that are profitable, that are efficient, cost-disciplined, uh, and have good SaaS metrics uh, are able to maintain good valuations at this time. Now, so are you those things? Or, or? Uh, that's, um, <laughs> exactly. This is the ideal scenario, Thomas. And of course, no SaaS company is perfect. Okay. Uh, but that's the company that will weather the storm the best. So this situation is the perfect opportunity uh, to take a proper look at our businesses. Uh, to simplify where we can and to focus on what's important and, and to reduce the noise. And, and step one, if we're thinking about how to take advantage of the situation, um, is to get an overview. Um, step one is to get an overview of your income and your expenditure. And I think my hypothesis is that a lot of leaders these days are, are worried because they don't have this overview. Um, they are almost scared to look at the numbers and their forecasts, afraid of what they'll find out. So this is step one. Take a look. Uh, talk to your accountant. Talk to your finance teams. Like Go through one line by line what's on your P&L, essentially, uh, and have a think about what your commitments are. Yeah. So, so this might be a good opportunity for you as a CFO also to, to maybe... Uh, be able to look into some things that has not been prioritized before. Yeah. Right. M maybe you should take your CFO more seriously than, than you do. Of course, you take the CFO seriously, but, but even more in these times, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. The, the CFO sits on the data. Yeah. And the data is what you need to make decisions. Yeah. So absolutely, absolutely. Talk, talk to your CFO would be my advice. Mm. Uh, that's, that's step one. Um, and I would say that if we're kind of thinking, like, if I really put my finance hat on, uh, then I then I then I look at the, our numbers in a different way. I look at the ROI of our numbers. So how can we get better at thinking through the spending that we have? And after seven years, essentially, of uh, what was it? Double the headcount, triple the revenue. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a theme from uh, Sassiest uh, right, yeah. uh, earlier this year. So that's been, that's been the mindset, right? For seven years, you know, free money, you know, no cost of capital. And now that's changing. So after these seven years, we, there's no doubt that there are costs that we have that are just out of habit. We might not be aware of what the ROI of those costs actually are. All right. So what is your approach now to planning ahead for 2023? So the way I operate, I always have two scenarios at hand, uh, my base case and my bootstrapped case. Okay. So the bootstrapped case yeah, is, um, is the leanest possible version of Paperfly. 
um, that is still able to maintain a steady state ARR, not a growing one, just a steady state. Uh, so all investments in growth, sales and marketing, um, and R&D and customer success are brought to minimum, um, just the minimum level required to prevent churn. Okay. So this allows me to prepare for the worst, essentially. So is that the worst case or is it the worst, worst, worst case? Could be the worst, worst, worst case. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but so tell us a little bit though, like you're probably sitting now in in planning your budget for, for 2023 here. All of this that's happening in the world, everything we discussed here, what impact will that have on your budget for 2023 compared to this year's budget, what are the changes you guys will make? That's a really good question. So there are definitely changes that we're making this year, and there will be more focus on understanding the real drivers of our business. So until now, uh, profitability has not really been the prime focus of Paperfly, um, but with the current circumstances, we now have this golden opportunity uh, to become uh, more profitable. So that involves taking a look um, at our expenditure, looking through our spending, uh, but also uh, at this time there could be opportunities to actually uh, invest more upfront to save more in the longer term. Um, and that's that comes down to kind of how bold we dare to be. Um, but to be able to maintain our competitive um, edge, we obviously need to innovate. And innovation is one of our, our three values at Paperfly. Right. Can you give us a, qu- a quick example of what is that uh, a thing you can invest in now yeah. that's going to be good and saving you money later on? Yeah, absolutely. So we discussed um, M&A um, earlier. So Paperfly has done a lot of M&A. So this naturally means that there's some complexity in our platform um, and we need to resolve those complexities. Mm-hmm. So the base case that we have is kind of, it's to work away at unifying this product as we're focusing externally on, on the sales and the growth. But it could be that actually if we invest more upfront, uh, we can actually unify our platform much faster, which would simplify our organization. It would simplify the role of our sales and marketing team and our customer success team and allow us to get more out of what we have. Makes a lot of sense. So what I'm wondering is how agile can you be during the year? I mean, let's say that you prepare for the worst, worst, worst case, you bootstrap a lot and then later on it changed, maybe it changed in Q2, Q3 and so on. Will you shift then or or is there sort of, do you wait a couple of quarters before you do that uh, change in in your strategy and your operations? I have my bootstrapped case, but I'm not necessarily going to use the bootstrapped case. So things change really fast and it's important to be prepared when they do. That's exactly why we have this case at hand. So we evaluate our business at least once every quarter to see how we're doing and having the bootstrap case having the base case allows us to do to see when we need to take uh, certain initiatives 
All right. So let's hope we we don't end up having to use the bootstrap case for 2023 because we're not there yet. No. No. Okay. Good to hear. Good. Good. So uh, talking about a little bit about numbers, I, I I want to dig into a little bit and understand from your perspective. You, you mentioned a little bit here uh, back in the days, money was free, growth at all costs, that was totally okay, and so on. That might not be the case anymore. So from your perspective, from a CFO perspective, can you tell us a little bit like which are the main KPIs that you've been like locked in your eyes on so far? And are you going to look at the same or look at other KPIs for the future here for 2023? That's a really good question. We have three must-win battles at Paperfly. Uh, those three must-win battles are number one, build pipeline. Um, number two, focus on cross-selling and upselling. And number three, unifying and speeding up uh, development. I would say that today, those must-win battles are as relevant as they were before, but there's an even greater relevance of the second must-win battle, which is to do with what can we do with our existing customer base. That Anything that can be done in the existing customer base is much faster than what we can do on new sales. Right. So you're saying that uh, net retention rates and net dollar retention is suddenly top of the priority list, if I understand you correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we, we, we tend to see that actually with, with all other CFOs and CEOs that, that we're talking to. It's like, like you said, it's easier to sell to somebody that you've already sold to once. The difficult part is if you've not done a great job in taking care of them in the past, it's difficult to go back and knock on the doors if you're not a, you know, a must-have tool for them and they're happy and they're content. Yeah. Three ways to fail in sales. Brought to you by Memory. One, clog your pipeline. The fuller it is, the fuller you'll feel. Tip two, never use a plan. Predictability, eh, it's just boring. Three, forget the CRM. Probably sucks anyway. If you're ready to take control of your sales and make how you sell your competitive advantage, try Membrane for free today at Membrane.com. We didn't talk about that in the beginning, but could you say anything about your churn, churn rate and so on? Is your solution, is it a sticky solution or do you need a high velocity of new customers coming in? Yeah, so I would say that our churn rate is low, very, very low less than 4% at the moment. Okay. Our net retention is good. And um, and this is because our tools uh, are so embedded in the workflow um, of our customers, of the marketing department, of the brand owner who's using our tools as basically like an ERP system for them. So once we get the customers using Paperfly, they'll stick with Paperfly. So I'm not worried about our churn rate. We don't need to get new customers in really often uh, but obviously with the current environment there could be some customers that want to reduce their usage you know a downsell um, or a contraction so that's something that we could expect uh, in our 2023 budget to see more of which will impact on net retention so it depends it all comes down to where we focus um, on which customers we focus on Right. And does this mean, you know, practically speaking, if you look at the, the sales floor and the, the folks in the customer success, are you going to also shift some responsibility there? Or are you adding 
maybe sales folks that did outbound sales in the past to spend a little bit extra attention with existing customers? Yeah, so there'll be a there'll be a change in our sales tactic. Okay, really interesting. So uh, I also wanted to dig into a little bit about what you said here in the beginning, the inflation and the interest rates and so on. And, and they're affecting companies, but they're also affecting individuals, all of us. And there's been a hot debate here. There's a couple of things I want to, 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 to pick your brain on. One is what it does to your own pricing towards your customers. Like, are you considering in making adjustments to existing customer base and to new customers and how are you intending to do that what is the motivation when it comes to our pricing we've done very little with the pricing um, in in recent years and we have really kind of invested in our project but brought it into um, AWS we've we've strengthened it um, and we are looking at what we can do on the pricing to recuperate some of the uh, inflationary pressures that we're having um, from our suppliers um, via our customers. So this is something that we that we're actively working with today. And do you already have uh, in your contract the ability to increase based on inflation? Like there's some indexation in there, or is this a new conversation that's going to have to take place? Y- yes and no. Uh, yes, uh, our default contract does have the uh, the indexation um, included. And and what is that tied to the indexation? Yeah, so it depends a little bit on the on the region. Uh, so in, in in Norway, it's the consumer price index, and in Sweden, I think it's the labor cost index. So it depends a little bit um, on on the jurisdiction. But, but that's just that's just the inflation, right? There's also the improvement in our product, the in- increased costs that we have from that uh, that we want to, um, to 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 pass to our customers. So that's that's also another discussion that's happening. Right. Okay. But if I understand you correctly, you're going to. Uh inflation adjust your pricing towards the customers that's right Daniel. Yep. yeah okay and and talking about inflation adjustments what about salaries so Th- thomas and i talk to a lot of people here and and people are a little bit worried that you know hey i actually uh, make less money than i used to do six months ago because inflation is is eating a nice chunk of it and people are wondering like is there going to be an adjustment if how big and so on what is your thinking here? How are you guys planning for these types of adjustments? There are changes happening to the inflation rate, and it looks like it could be kind of slowing down a little bit uh, towards the end of the year. So the assessment of what we do when we kind of budget for the salary increase, um, that will be made in a few months' time, so not yet, uh, because the market is changing so much. And when it comes to the specific kind of salary increase, you know, we, we were in the habit of, of increasing, you know, to, to make sure that our, um, that, that our employees are, 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 are properly rewarded. Uh, but I would say that we will not uh, look to kind of automatically shift um, everyone's salaries as a default. Yeah, because that would obviously be a very expensive interest rate. And that's that's the gut feeling we also have based on what we hear. Like, you know, not everybody can go and increase every employee's salary with 10% because yeah. then you're not running your business properly. You're running to risk of going bankrupt. Or Because for most companies, the one single largest expense is the people. Exactly. And increasing that with 10% could be detrimental for some organizations. So you need to find a way around it. Absolutely. So do you use any specific planning techniques at Paperfly, such as zero-based budgeting? Right. So 
we have a bottom-up uh, budgeting process, a paperfly, uh, and we, we kind of we split this process into into HQ, into our departments, and into our countries. Uh, we tend to involve a lot of people, and uh, we found that that gives us a more precise result uh, and a better ownership um, throughout. Um, and our process today is a lot more robust than it was in the past. Um, and last year's budgeting process was was the best one we had, um, thanks to our, our new VP uh, business planning and analysis who joined and really took ownership of the budgeting process. Um, when it comes to your question, Thomas, uh, we do not use a specific uh, technique or a tool um, at Paperfly. Um, we can't... We, can't use zero-based budgeting. It's too strenuous for us. Okay. But our approach is to involve a lot of people um, with a thorough uh, top-down review um, because this gives better ownership. It also gives better quality uh, budgeting. And a better quality budget is really what we need be- to make better quality decisions, which is really important at this time. And just, just a clarifying question. If there's somebody that doesn't know what zero-based budgeting is, like in your own words, uh, Nora, what is it? Yeah, basically, really simply, starting from, starting from zero. Every single cost must be justified. Right. So you start from zero and, and you build your way up. That's what Thomas and I do. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Thank you for that clarifying question, Danny. I just read from the script here, so good. Now I know it as well. So anyway, is there any local profit and loss owners? Yeah. So uh, we divide our business into countries. Okay. Uh, and, and we have local P&L um, ownership there. And, uh, and that's an interesting one because uh, in the past, uh, what we've done is we've had, you know, we have quite an entrepreneurial kind of mindset. Uh, so we've had a lot of the responsibility for budgeting revenue has been with the individual kind of countries, individual P&L owners, uh, which means that we've been depending on the hopes and dreams of each um each of the country managers, which is great, uh, but sometimes it can be a bit... Um, erratic. Uh, so, so what we're doing now is we're seeing the bigger picture. We're looking looking kind of, um, we're, we are looking bottom up, but we're also looking top down. And rather than the individual's feelings, we're going with um, with what's happening in the market overall. And that's the, that's the top down approach. So uh, Nora, let me ask you this. Uh, there's probably a bunch of CFOs that are listening to this and CEOs and, and other leaders that are in one way or another in control of the entire budget or some pieces of a budget, what would your piece of advice be to them? Like, how should they approach what's happening in the world here? And how should they go into for the 2023 planning? Give us your top three, five, or however many top tips you may have. So number one, get an overview of your income and your expenditure. Don't panic. Remember that the first step is just to get an overview. And that is of the current. So that, that is looking at historical events. Looking at now. Looking at historical, looking at now, where are you right now? Take a look before you panic, make any rash decisions or, you know, even worse, uh, you know, before you kind of freeze uh, and, and don't know what to do. Take a look, take, go through each item and, and, and start to really understand uh, what your incomings and what your outcomings look like. So that would be my tip number one. Okay. Tip number two, have a think about what your bootstrapped version of your company could look like. And then lastly, I would say bottom-up budgeting involve a lot of people with a proper top-down review um, because with a better 
budget, you'll make better decisions. And that's really important at this uncertain time. Okay. All right. So, um, I mean, there, there's a lot of decisions here that, uh, you know, you might need to, to take. Who's your sounding board around this? Is it the CEO or is there other individuals that, that you, you sort of work with around this? Yeah, so we're really uh, closely collaborating with our chairman uh, and with our board on this. And thankfully, um, you know, our board has a lot of, and our chairman have a lot of experience um, of dealing with this sort of, these sorts of decisions in the past. So they're definitely our sounding board. But the expectation, of course, is that the management has a good and solid uh, plan that's rooted in data. And would you say to the CFOs listening to this, is it the CFO's job to take it upon her or himself to build these scenarios and then go to the CEO and the rest of the management team? So like, hey, I took a crack at this. Let's discuss this. Or is it the other way around where the CEO says, Nora, I need you to start planning for a couple of scenarios. Come back when you have some ideas. Yeah, that's a really good uh, question. And it comes down to leadership, right? Like, you know, is it all kind of cascading down from the, from the CEO or is it, um, uh, are we expecting the, the whole of the management team to be engaged? And I would say the second one, that's our style at Paperfly. Um, it's, a, it's a flat structure. We're empowering our people. So I have a very uh, solid responsibility as a CFO um, of ensuring that the company has the resources necessary to get where we are planning. So that means that a lot of the initiatives come from me, um, but it's important that we have involvement, that we have buy-in uh, from all corners of the company. And, 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 and connecting those dots is what I see as being a really important part of being a CFO. So uh, hoping for the best possible scenario here, what would be in the future for Papierfly? So the future of Paperfly is to become the leading MarTech tool for brand activation management uh, for all brand owners globally. Okay. And to get there, yeah, that's so that's that's in our future. And to get there, we're working on our must-win battles. We're working on building our pipe. We're working on our existing customers, and we're working on accelerating and unif and unifying of our product and accelerating our our roadmap. Okay, so, so in order to accomplish this, what are you looking for right now? It, it could be your personal thing here in your role or the company, what, what kind of talent, or is it other things that you're looking for, maybe product-wise or so? As we mentioned in the intro, we've done a lot of M&A, one really big merger, you know, we've done a couple of acquisitions also. Um, we did a rebrand. Okay, yeah. Um, in last month, actually, last month, we did a rebrand. So we're now unified in, in one brand. And what's important now is that we get all of our employees um, united and working towards the same goal underneath the same, this one common uh, common brand. And we've really invested a lot. And with our new um, private um, equity owner with Verdane on board, um, they're, they're focused on on, on helping us to grow. So we've made um, a lot of uh, new hires recently and the focus now is getting all of our new people to work together and getting the people from Paperfly, people from Brandmaster, the people from Maryworks, the people from, from, from Brampad, etc, 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 to think Paperfly. All right. So besides, you know, having 
consistency when it comes to the brand was there a specific thing that you really liked with the rebranding does anybody ever like rebranding get paperfly and the rebrand will be easy ah <laughs> i like that how you you caught me there i know that you love your um your brand um and your logo um daniel and thomas but uh could be time for a rebrand yeah actually you might be on to something <laughs> <laughs> All right, right, right back at us. Awesome. This was, this was great, uh, Nora. Thanks for coming on the show. And we always end up every conversation asking, in this case, you, who would you like to see on the show here? And what would you like us to talk to them about? So difficult times, turbulent times. And I would really like to talk uh, for you to talk to someone who has knowledge um, of that situation. And um, our chairman, Eric Langakir, uh, he has a lot of experience investing in, in, in SaaS companies throughout his whole career. So um, I would really like for you to talk to him. Okay. So basically do another paper fly episode. You can't get enough paper fly. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. And especially now, like we, we need to really dig into this economic climate change and what it means to all of us. So, so the, the, the more light we can shed on it, the better it is. Nora, it was fantastic talking to you. Very insightful. I learned a lot. And uh, yeah, best of luck uh, for 2023. Let's hope you don't need to use the bootstrap uh, budget and uh, see you around. Thank you so much. Take care now. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye. So Daniel, what is your main takeaways from, from the episode today? There's actually probably three things I'd like to highlight here. You're going to take three takeaways and leave me with nothing? No, there's many takeaways. So, or you just, you just, or you just have to agree with me. Sure. Go ahead. Take your three. One, um, I don't want to call it and say there's a recession or not a recession, but there's definitely a change that is going to affect us that you have to plan for. That is, that is a fact. Just pretending that everything's going to be the same you're going to be on the losing end. Uh, number two, I think this should be a standard practice always. But like Nora said, it's more important now than ever. You need to do scenario budgeting. Whether whatever you call your scenarios, whether it's one, two, three, or you label them somewhere, some in a different way, you need to have them set and you need to have buy-in for all of them, especially in your leadership team. And that's also the extended leadership team. So you can act upon it as you see things change and, and progress or maybe turn out for the worst and the third thing that i think i've heard from everybody we speak to right now is how net retention rate is becoming the number one kpi i think you and i thomas have always said like build products that people love yeah if you haven't done that before now is the time to figure that out because you got to make sure your existing customer base sticks with you pays their bills and ideally also extends their commitment to you. So Thomas, did I steal all three that you had in mind or, or what's going on here? I think also you should think that during these kind of times there will also open up opportunities. So this could be the perfect time if you need to do acquisition or if you need to go into a new market that there, there can be sort of white spots on the map, there could be you know, opportunities that you see that you could move faster if you take a step now. So it could be a long-term benefit of that. So always look out for opportunities. You will probably find one if you look hard enough. That is really good. I like that. I like that you're so optimistic. That is the only way to be. Yeah. 
And uh, we're, we are also very optimistic when it comes to 2023. And we have some really good things here for you guys that want to be engaged with the SAS Nordic community. One thing is of course SASIest 2023. It's gonna be on April 18th to 19th in Malmö, Sweden. So mark it in your calendars already. It was sold out this year. So make sure that you get an early ticket now. And another thing that we are working a lot with now is our network groups. So we have 125 Nordic B2B SaaS CEOs in 12 smaller groups that meet once a month and um, digitally. And we will take that program to 2.0. So now we are working a lot with that. And we also have our executive group where we have VPs and C-level people across, I think, nine different uh, disciplines. Uh, Nora is one of the ones in our CFO groups. And um, yeah, we are also going to look at those. If you want to apply to any of those, you can go to sasnodic.com and you go to the menu option communities. Then you select sort of the CEO or the executive network. Then there is a form. So if you click on the form, you will supply some information to us that helps us understanding what group you, you need to belong to first. And one thing that can be good when it comes to the executive groups, that in order to qualify, uh, you should have the main responsibility of, of your sort of domain or area, which means that usually you are a VP or C-level. You could be head of something if there is no one that is your boss within the same area and you need to have a revenue above 2 million ARR euro to qualify for that network. Uh, but then of course we're going to have other activities throughout the year that is uh, you know open for everyone and of course what you can if you're working for a Nordic B2B SaaS company you can join the Slack community uh, and that's open for for uh, for everyone here and there is um, specific channels for different topics so you can discuss finance you can discuss marketing or product or whatever in the slack community as well okay great okay so what do you do if you want to sort of give us a pat on the back and help us to uh, spread the word about the podcast they need to go to wherever they listen to our episodes and give us a five-star rating and give us a fantastic review whether that's via the apple players or the spotify wherever you do that give us thumbs up give us a good rating that encourages us and we'll continue trying to deliver great content to you guys yeah and uh, thank you for listening in today i hope you liked the episode if you have any wishes uh, for upcoming episodes when it comes to guests topics and so on let us know uh, we really appreciate that you are with us on this journey and see you next time it's gonna be soon <laughs>